thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. Dr. Kelly is currently leading us through a series entitled An Unstoppable Movement. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18 that he would build his church and nothing, not even the gates of hell, would be able to stop it. Here at New Hope, we're experiencing exactly what Jesus so clearly promised about his church. The gospel is spreading. The word of God is being preached all over the world. And God is using his people to advance his unstoppable kingdom in the Carolinas, Kenya, and around the world. So let's dial in as we listen to the Word of God preached from our senior pastor, Dr. Benji Kelly. How are we doing today, church? We doing good? Who's excited about the Super Bowl tonight? I'm just wondering. Who's excited? I'm looking out at you. I'm seeing all the jerseys, and I don't know what to make of many of them. Sure, it's the same way at all the campuses. I want to welcome the campuses here today. I want to welcome the Sanford campus down in the sand hills of North Carolina. Yes, we have your worship arts pastor, and he is tearing it up here, and we are taking really, really good care of him. Aren't you glad we're a part of a church, one church, many locations where we share we share all of our resources? Amen? I want to welcome the Columbia campus down in Columbia, South Carolina. Got a guest worship leader there today. Welcome all of you. I want to welcome North Raleigh. I want to welcome the Garner Campus, the Kenya Campus, NCCIW, Coffee House Internet, and of course, you guys here at Central. Hey, I'm ready to get into this, but I just want to go and kind of let you know. Some of you have already figured it out. You already brought it up to me today. Um, I'm struggling up here today. I am, um, I am, I'm getting sick. And uh, my wife's been sick, and by voice this morning during run-through, I would be going and all of a sudden go, ah! and if that happens today, I want you to give me some love, Okay. Uh, I'm going to pony up. I'm going to motor through. But I just wanted you to know if you're like, man, his voice is straining and something is wrong with him. You would be exactly right. So I need your prayers. But I want to say before we jump into this today that um, next Sunday, next Sunday, Choose to Lose is going to be a series unlike anything we have ever done. I want to encourage you to invite your friends, because here's why. There are many people out there who wonder, does Christianity really say anything about what's relevant to my life? And next week, we are going to be going to God's Word, asking God to teach us how do we grow holistically with our heart, with our mind, with our body. We're going to have a part of our website, newhopechurch.org, where you can go to and you can download recipes. We're going to be doing the Daniel's Fast for six weeks. We're inviting you to be a part of that. You're like, I ain't fasting anything. That's cool. There'll be stuff for you because, again, it's heart, mind, and body. But I'm a big fan of the Daniel's Fast. You might be going, what in the world is that? Come next week, you will find out. We're going to have a place where there's a fitness part on the website. And the fitness part is going to culminate and end at the end of the series with a 5K and a 10K, either whatever works for you, walk or run. Like if you're like, I can't run 5K. Well, you can walk it. If you're like, I can't walk it, we'll carry you. Columbia, you're going to have a walk run as well, but we're having a, a, a fitness deal that ends with some exercise. Like I said, the recipes, the diet section, we're going to have all kinds of things that's unfolding and it all begins next week. Who's excited about trying to learn how to care for the body more? Yeah, that's what I thought. 
It's one of the biggest felt needs that we have. I'm going to drink throughout my message today. I'm going to drink what they, they I, don't even, I don't even know this stuff. They gave it to me this morning. Have you guys ever heard of coat throat or throat coat? Which one is it? Throat coat. I got it backwards. Throat coat. It's, it's, it's not Coke. <laughs> not Coke. I can't even quite say it right. Throat coat. And so I'm going to be uh, nursing on this today. Today we're going to just gather around this sacred table. And don't worry, you're not going to be receiving these elements. I know you, I know you're thinking, I don't want to have communion if he's touching it. Worry not, this is going to stay up here. Okay? All right? But today we celebrate the sacrament of Holy Communion. The what? You ever thought about that word? I understand it's a churchy word, but it's a great word. Take out your teaching notes and let's do some learning about this sacred meal that we get to celebrate today. The word sacrament means channel. Everybody say channel. The word sacrament means channel or means of grace. Holy communion is what Jesus left us forever as a means of grace. Reminds me of a dad who was leaving the house one day and his three-year-old daughter said, Hey, Dad, will you bring me something back home today? And he said, Sure, honey. What would you like? She said, I don't know. Just bring me something that lasts forever. That's what Jesus did when he left us this sacred meal known as Holy Communion. He left us something that would last Forever. It was clear in the Bible that Jesus was taking the ancient Passover feast and he was turning it into a regular feast for the body of Christ. We know that Jesus went to the feast of Passover in Jerusalem three times. We know that from the Gospel of John, which also, by the way, side note, is one of the ways in which we know Jesus' ministry lasted approximately three years because the Gospels are clear. He went to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. He was a Jewish boy. He understood the Passover. And so when he gathered them that night and he said, Take, eat, this is my body, this is my blood. Bread and wine representing my sacrifice for you. He was actually taking the Passover feast and making it something that we could enjoy forever. When you study the Bible, here's what you need to know about Holy Communion. The first one is this. Holy Communion is a time to remember. Write it in. It's a time to what? Holy Communion is a time to Remember the church word again churchy word. We don't like churchy words around here, but it's still a good word commemorate Holy communion Is a time for us to commemorate and remember What God has done for us in Christ and how God has been faithful in our lives ever since we've come to know him And how he's been faithful in our lives before we even came to know him Because by the way God was faithful to you before you even came to know him Come on now And Holy Communion is that time that we sit and we reflect. Remember last week we sang that song at all of our campuses if you were here. Never once. Never once has God left us. Never once has God forsaken us. So we gather around today and we remember. We remember what? This is how Jesus put it in Luke 22, 
19 out loud with me, church, at all of our campuses ready. Go. And he took, gave thanks and, and gave it to them saying, come on, this is my body given for you. Do this. Do this what? In remembrance of me. So why don't we pause for a moment? See, what I hope to do today is create some sacred space. Create some pregnant pauses where we actually just remember the goodness of God. See, if you're anything like me, you can get so busy and wrapped up in the rat race of life that you can neglect to just remember just how good God has been to you. He died on a cross for you. The sinless Savior of the world knew that you and I had a sin debt that we could not pay. And so he left the very throne room of heaven, came down to a sin-scarred ball of dirt that we call planet Earth. He spread wide his arms If you ever want to know how much God loves you this much, spread wide his arms, loud spikes to be driven into his hands and his feet and a crown thrust upon his head. He said, I love you this much. And this is my way of paying your sin debt that you cannot pay. And in a consumer-driven culture, in a consumer-driven world, isn't it nice to know that God did something that we can't do ourselves? Speaking of consumerism, did you know that today, during the Super Bowl, 11.2 million pounds of potato chips will be consumed? 11.2 million pounds. 8 million pounds of avocados will be consumed for all of you guac people. Let me hear it from the guac people. See, 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 that's why. I don't need any cheers on this next one. 51.7 million cases of beer will be consumed. Good job. It was all some of you could do to just constrain yourself. (laughs) God help you. 8.2 million pounds of tortilla chips. One point, my voice. One, I can't can't do that. 1.23, I'm sorry. Million, no, no, billion. This is the B one. 1.23 billion chicken wings. That's what I'm talking about. That's a lot of freaking chicken. 1.23 billion chicken wings will be consumed today in the Super Bowl. And yet what I stop by to let you know today is that what we are consuming when we receive the bread that represents the body of Christ, the wine that represents the blood of Christ, 
we are consuming something of far greater value and eternal significance. Come on, church, than anything we will receive today. This is most appropriate to celebrate on Super Bowl Sunday. Number three, I mean, number two, if you're taking notes, Holy Communion, first of all, as I said, it's a time to what? To remember. But secondly, it's a time to repent. And and come on, I know that's not our favorite word. But here's what I really believe in some circles of Christianity. If we are not careful, we will absolutely lose the call of God upon our lives to be holy people. And repentance comes at this table. Repentance, by the way, if you don't know this, repentance should actually be a part of your daily routine. One of the best things you can be as a Christian is a man or a woman who has a tender heart for your own sin. And when you sin, you have this self-awareness of it and you come before God and you repent of your sin because here's what you need to know. God is holy. Amen? And when I sin, I fracture, I break that relationship with the holy God. And it is only through repentance that I am forgiven. Without repentance, there is no forgiveness. Oh, my word. Some of you really need to hear that. You're new in the faith and you might not understand that. And we talk about love all the time and we talk about grace all the time. But what you need to know is that love and grace and forgiveness come when we receive God. But yet when we live in a relationship with him, we repent of our sin to continue to live in a perpetual great God honoring standing with his son, Jesus Christ. Repentance. It's. It's a word that means you turn from your sin, whatever you're living in, whatever you're doing, whatever you're struggling with, however you've you've fallen short, you turn from that sin, you go in an opposite direction, and you receive the forgiveness of Almighty God. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 11. You read the last one so well. Let's read it out loud. Ready? Go. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup in an unworthy manner, will be of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Now watch this. A man, a man what? Ought to examine himself before he eats this bread and drinks this cup. Do you ever examine your life? The only life I believe not worth living is an unexamined life. Think about that. The only life truly and probably not worth living is an unexamined life. The church has been notorious for showing up at church and putting a bunch of masks on and acting like we got it all together, right? How you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. How you doing good? Last thing we wanted is somebody to really tell us how we're doing. Right? Can we, can we be a church that, that doesn't wear masks? Can we be a church that comes to terms with the fact that, that we are sinners in need of grace? Like, like me included, like all of us, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. It was the great Dietrich Bonhoeffer who said it like this, incredible quote. Many Christians are unthinkably horrified when a real sinner is suddenly discovered among the righteous. So we remain alone in our sin, living in lies and hypocrisy. He who is alone with his sins is what? Utterly 
wrong. Can we never become that kind of church? Let's just tackle the big white elephant at all of the campuses or the big white elephant in every worship center. Here it is. We are all sinners. Every single one of us. And it fractures and breaks our relationship with Almighty God. But the good news is that when we come before God and we do business with God and we say, God, forgive me of that, forgive me of this, forgive me of my thought life, forgive me of what I did yesterday, forgive me of the fight I got in with my wife this morning. Have you ever known Satan can attack you on Sunday mornings? He just comes out of the woodwork on Sunday mornings. So true. Have you ever noticed your kids? Something possesses them on Sunday morning. <laughs> can, we just, can we just kick the white elephant out of the door and have no religious pretense among us that every single one of us is a sinner? I said this last week and I couldn't believe all the comments that came from some of you. And I didn't say it on all the, the messages, so I don't even know if it made it to the stream or if it made it to the service you were at. But, but I said this just right off the cuff. I was just preaching last week and I said, you know what? Christianity is just one beggar trying to tell another beggar where to find food. And man, the comments, that just really struck some of you. And yet it's so true. I'm just a beggar. Sinner, just like you, trying to tell you where to find bread. And in this context today, come on, bread from heaven. Jesus would say this in John, John 6, 32, out loud, really strong with me. John 6, 32, ready, go. Very truly, I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my who gives you the true bread from heaven. Here's what I have to tell you. Are you ready? Don't miss this. You don't receive the bread from heaven unless you examine your life. Here's what I need to tell you. There is no forgiveness without repentance. Here's what I need to tell you. There is no remission of sin without acknowledging that sin and receiving the free gift that God has provided for you and for me when he allowed his one and only son to be sacrificed as a sin debt offering that you and I could never pay. So how about I create some space for us to examine our lives? I love these Sundays when we have no agenda but Holy Communion. I wonder if right now in this moment that we would just pause and you would actually ask God to reveal to you where your heart has grown hard, where your thought life has derailed, where your actions do not live up to what God is calling you to do. Maybe it's a hard heart. Maybe it's an angry heart. Maybe it's a selfish heart. And maybe what God wants to do is soften your heart. Make your heart tender for the things of God. Maybe God wants you to do away with anger and actually tap into forgiveness and forgive that person who has wronged you. Maybe you're one of these and it's so popular these days, you're, you're wrapped up in inappropriate websites.
Maybe you're doing stuff in your business life that is just simply unethical. Will you examine your life with me? And can we just bow our heads in the middle of this message? Can we just bow our heads and close our eyes and literally turn from our sin? With all heads bowed and eyes closed at all of our campuses... Commune with your God before you receive this Holy Communion today. Examine your life. Your actions. Your attitudes. Your thought life. What unconfessed areas of sin do you desire forgiveness for? Where do you need to genuinely repent and turn from your sin? I invite you to pray to God right now. Tell him you're sorry. Ask him to forgive you. Name it. Plead the blood of Jesus over it. Picture your sins against the backdrop of a blood-stained cross. And now in your own way and in your own words, commit that you're turning from that sin. We repent, God, we repent. Ask Him to give you anointing and favor and power and discipline and courage. Ask Him for the power to sin no more. Lord God, we make all of these prayers. In the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray together as a church, saying out loud, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power 
and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So Holy Communion number one is what? A time to what? Remember. Holy Communion number two is a time to repent. We just examined our lives. And here's number three. Write it in. This is when it really gets good. Holy Communion is a time to celebrate. By the way, I see, I see people wiping tears around here. See, I love that. I love that. When you come before God with, with tears and you repent and you're contrite, he starts to create in you, come on, a clean heart and gives your life victory. And once you start to experience the forgiveness of God, number three, holy communion is a time to celebrate. This is such good news. We become a people of celebration in terms of our own lives, but in terms of the church that we are becoming, we actually become a people who love to smile. It's one of my pet peeves. One of my pet peeves is the church universe. I'm not talking about New Hope because I think one of our greatest witnesses is that we are a church of joy. I mean, go figure. You come to New Hope and you can actually tell the people want to be there. It's awesome. But unfortunately, in many circles in the Christian community, you go and it actually looks like people just ate sour onion sandwiches for breakfast. We are supposed to to be victors, not victims. And we live in a victim society. We live in an entitlement society. Another message for another day. I promise it's coming. But when you start to live in an entitlement mindset, then you become a very ungrateful person because you believe everybody owes you something. Everybody doesn't owe you anything but the power of God in your life, the resurrection of Jesus pulsating in and through you. Then you become a victor and not a victim. And when you become a victor and not a victim, you wake up in the morning with a smile on your face because of what God has done for you. You can look at bad situations and you can see the good in situations. You can have people wrong you and they can be kicking you all up and down and you can be like, God bless you, I love you. And then they don't know what to do. It just freaks them out. But Holy Communion is a time to celebrate... The resurrection of Jesus Christ. Acts 2, we looked at this passage up and down in our last series, The Unstoppable Movement. But God brought the verse back to my heart again this week. Acts 2, 46 and 47. Out loud, all of our campuses, ready, go. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts and in their homes. Let's continue. Breaking bread with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. They were breaking bread with what? Glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Do you know that regardless of how bad this sin-scarred world gets, you can live in the midst of it with joy? 
Did you know that it doesn't matter how unfortunate it becomes and the sin just continues to blanket planet earth and we see horrible images of this and that and ISIS and beheading and this and that and, 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 and marriages going to kaputs and this and that and children and, and the world is just, it's increasingly a dark place. But you know that God does not call you to live in the midst of that darkness as some gloomy Eeyore kind of person. But that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you can learn to live with an eternal perspective and realize that even though things look bad, and I know they do, God is still on his throne. Come on now. Even though the world looks like it's out of control, God is still in control. And listen, there's a church of Jesus Christ. We've read the book. Hello. We've read the last chapter. Go over there to Revelation 21 and 22. Heck, go to the maps for all I care. The maps will change your life. But I've read the last chapter and it is good. Listen, and we win. We win in the end. Yeah, we win. So anytime Satan tries to get you down, you kick Satan in the teeth. You proclaim the name of Jesus Christ and realize you are a victor. And you live in the midst of it all with unbelievable joy and passion and love. This is the message of Holy Communion. 1 Thessalonians 5, last verse of Scripture. 1 Thessalonians 5, ready, out loud, ready, go. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Oh, my. Leave that up there. Rejoice what? You think that includes when the stock market tanks, 2008? You remember that? You think that remains when that person who you work with just gets on your last nerves? Rejoice when? Pray how often? Do what? Give thanks. In, 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 in some circumstances? You think that includes when your team wins or loses tonight? Seriously, y'all know I talk about sports a lot because I love sports, but some of you just take it way too far. You know what I'm saying? If those cheating patriots win tonight. (laughs) By the way, I got my deflated Bible again. This week I brought it down to 10.5 pounds. I hope you can grasp it. Like if they lose or I mean if they win, right? Right, I thought the whole nation's pulling for them except for a few of you New Englanders. Like if they win, is that going to keep you up tonight? Carolina people. I know I'm always outnumbered in here. I, I, my daughter's even thinking about going to Carolina. Get you some of that. So I, I don't hate Carolina. I actually think it's a wonderful school. But last night, Carolina people. What a comeback. What a comeback. Y'all were up like 20, no, it's 40 something to 25. I mean, it's unbelievable. And they came back and beat you. Did you have a problem sleeping last night? Did you say words you should not have said? If you did, you have issues. You've taken it too far. And speak, this is coming from a recovering, like, sports junkie. My wife can tell you in the early days, man, I would, I went to every Duke game for six years, man, and I would lose it. I'd lose my heart. I'd lose my heart. I'd sin. I'd say things I shouldn't say to those zebras running up and down the court. 
football game. Just a basketball game. When you live your life before an audience of one, Jesus Christ, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the things of this world start to pale in comparison. Therefore, it doesn't matter if your team wins or loses. It doesn't matter what happens to your portfolio. Hello, store your treasures in heaven where the market can't tank it. It doesn't matter what somebody does to you or what they don't do for you. When you are tapped in to the Messiah of the world, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, who gave his body and his blood that you might live a victorious, celebratory life, there is nothing that can quench your joy. So I invite you today to come to this table to remember the goodness of God in your life. I invite you today to come to this table and to repent of your sins. And I invite you today to receive the body and the blood of Christ and become celebratory people where you leave today with a skip in your step and a joy in your heart that the world cannot take away we have a saint in our church she's one of our most elderly members she is a saint of the living God her name is Anita Neal and Anita has been fighting pancreatic cancer for two and a half years if you know anything about cancer you know pancreatic one of the most brutal doctors gave her a short period of time Two and a half years ago, and here we are two and a half years later, and she's still kicking. Kicking and praising God. And yeah, absolutely. Miss Anita, we love you. She'll watch this online or on television. We love you, Miss Anita. And she, she's kind of turned in a, in a wrong direction after, like I said, beating the odds for two and a half years. And hospice has been called in. And So I went to see her the other day, right? And <laughs> you Carolina people are going to love this. You're talking about a Carolina fan. I mean, you South Carolina people down there in Columbia. I know how, how, how you know, amped up we get about Gamecock stuff. This woman and the Tar Heels is just, it's just crazy. So she, she grabbed me and she said, you know, we were going to take a picture. And she decided she wanted to wrap me up. Because we, we were on her porch. We were on her porch. It was a beautiful day. And there was, a, there was about 15 people there. And she wanted me to serve communion. So I served communion. We all had communion. It was pretty awesome. And then we got ready to take a picture. And, and she said, here, let me, let me wrap you up, Pastor. And I want to I show you. I want to show you what this woman did to me. I want to show you. This is... This is... <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? You Carolina fans will say, I have received the full anointing now. <laughs> but come on, all joking aside, let's forget about the sports. Let's get to the more important stuff. I was talking to her, and I've never seen a woman face death quite like her. She's so at peace. She's so, she's so content. She's so ready to, to meet her Lord. And, and I was asking her about that and just talking to her. And, and, and a little tear came down her, her face, and she said, Pastor, I, I only... I only want one thing when I get to heaven. Now I said, what's that, Miss Anita? She said, 
when I when I see Jesus, she said, I I just want him to know my name. She said, she said, when I see Jesus, I just want him to say, this is all she asked for. She said, I just want him to say, hi, Anita. And I hugged her and I looked in her eyes and I said, Miss Anita, he's going to say your name. The Bible says he knows your name. The Bible says that he formed you in your mother's womb. He's going to know your name. He's going to, the Bible says, all we really know is the Bible says he's going to look at those who are faithful and say, well done, good and faithful servant. But I just believe by faith that he's going to look at Anita and he's probably going to say, well done, good and faithful Anita. The reason we can celebrate this feast today is because God knows your name. God died on a blood-stained cross for you. And he didn't stay there. God the Father raised him to new life. And because God the Father gave Jesus new life, we too know that we can experience the resurrection power of Jesus Christ here on planet earth, but in the next life when we cross from this world into the kingdom of heaven. This is a resurrection feast. This is a celebration for the people of God. And so if you're here and you don't know Christ, maybe you're here and you've You've never received Christ, but you desire what I've been talking about today. There is no doubt I believe Holy Communion can be a converting sacrament. What I mean by that is I don't believe there's a more opportune time for a man or a woman to receive the grace of Jesus Christ, receive him as Lord and Savior in your life, confess your sins, be saved Quite possibly for some of you for the very first time. And the very first thing you do after experiencing salvation is to receive holy communion. So for those of you who are believers, it is a time to remember. It is a time to repent. It is a time to celebrate. For those of you who aren't even sure you're a Christian at any of our campuses, now's your moment. I believe you are here not by coincidence. I believe God has a divine appointment for you today. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to turn it back over to the campus pastors at all of the locations. And they're going to lead you in a prayer for Holy Communion. And I'm going to do that here. And we're going to lead those of you who want to receive Christ before this sacrament comes your way. We're going to lead you in this divine appointment right here and right now. Hey, we love you guys at all of the campuses. I'm going to turn it over to the campus pastors. Father, for the person who is here and they're not even sure they're saved, the Bible says that we can be born again. And so God, I pray in this sacred moment that the man or the woman or the student who is here, God, and they they just first and foremost, before they desire a piece of bread and a cup of juice, They desire to know that they are saved by the precious body and blood of Jesus Christ. And if that's you today and you just want to make sure that you know, that you know that you are saved, 
I want you to say a simple prayer in your heart right now. It goes something like this. Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying on a cross for me. I thank you for shedding your blood for my sins. And I receive you. Just as John 3 talks about, I desire to be born again, not of the first time that I was born of my mother, but I desire to be born again today. Because you so love the world, Father God, that you sent your son Jesus. That whoever believes in him will not, shall not perish, shall not die and go to hell. But shall face everlasting life with you forever. God, we thank you for that. And I pray for the person who right now is asking you to come into their life. If you're here today and you desire that. I'm going to ask you to do something bold. He died on a cross for you. I'm going to ask you to just raise your hand right where you are right now. Just, just lift up your hand. I love to see this. Nobody else is looking but God. And I'm looking because I like to just look. You can look at me if you want. You don't have to. But I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you guys back here. I see you guys way back there. Hold them up high. Hold them up high. I see you back over here. Praise God for you. God knows your name. He sent Jesus for you. God, thank you for salvations that are happening here and we believe by faith are happening at the campuses. Thank you that these folks that have just raised their hands, God, they're going to receive the body and the blood of Christ right after this prayer of salvation. Lord, would you fill them with your Holy Spirit? Would you anoint all of us, God? Would you fill us all with your Holy Spirit today? Let us rise as resurrection people, not victims, but victors, able to celebrate your goodness, your life, your love. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. Come on, church. Let's celebrate the goodness of God. Just like we did last week, don't leave. Don't, don't leave if you can help it. The ushers are going to come forward right now. They're going to pass by you. A tray of juice. Take a cup. They're going to pass by you a basket of bread. Now listen close to everybody. Listen, because sometimes we receive it right away. Sometimes we do it that way. But today, how cool might it be if we just hold the elements. And after the ushers have handed this out and Pastor Bradford is finished with this powerful song that he's just going to sing over you as you receive. I will come back out and we will receive the body and the blood of Christ together as a church and celebrate the goodness of God. Amen. The table has been prepared and you are invited. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to learn more about the ministries of New Hope Church, please stop by one of our six campuses anytime or visit us online at newhopenc.org. If you have any prayer requests, please send those to prayers at newhopenc.org and our pastors and staff will stand with you in prayer. We hope you'll join us next week. God bless and thank you for being a part of our church family.